gloomy, mostly Euclidean confines of Castle Gormagon, upon the lofty wind-blasted heights of the Plateau of Lang, I am Confucius the Ecumenical Volgi, and this is Radio Gormagon. Welcome back to the second part of our episode on soccer. Continuing where we left off, Huter and I, or T, were discussing some of the problems with baseball. We'll move into a discussion around our national teams, pay equity, maybe another pewter rant. Let's get to it. Oh, it's a brilliant save! It just never grew on me, and I don't begrudge people who like it. I just like to make fun of people who do. It's just not, it's not my sport. I don't particularly find it all that American either. I mean, it's just, it's an American sport, but I'm kind of like, you know, people say, oh, there's nuance and the shit. When you have your fringing shortstop playing where the second baseman normally plays, I was like, it's become absurd. Just frigging play the damn game. You know, they're like, oh, this is the game because we've done analytics. And, you know, we figured out where this player's going to hit the ball 97% of the time. It's like, then why fucking play the games, nerds? Just chug it into a computer and let it spit out the damn results. Throw in a variable. Throw in an algorithm that just has a crazy-ass variable that kicks something in every three. You know, if it's that math-based, why play? Why play? There's no variable. So anyway, that's my rant about baseball. I apologize for ranting about baseball. Excellent rant. We've touched on baseball and soccer, and we've talked about some of the rules, talked about VAR, and kind of the structure of soccer. Uh, Peter was just ranting about baseball. Um, You know, it is, you know, I was thinking about it during the break, and it it is a very analytic-driven and and number-driven. I mean, the whole money ball thing. uh, Great movie. Great movie. Highly uh, recommended. And, and I really, uh, like, I was thinking about it, and when I've gone to games, I love scoring the game. I like having the little sheet and scoring the game. But like Peter said, I'm kind of this math nerd. And so I like seeing it, and I like kind of tracking it. And it's something I developed uh, primarily my, my oldest, one of three, played softball for three years. and And so just to kind of, keep the time and keep involved with the game. I started doing it and I would track it for the team so they could have it. But in the end, that's really just compiling stats in the end. And it's driving these analytics. And I kind of agree with Peter's point. If, if it's that stat based and that where you can predict it down to that much of an accuracy that, Oh, by the way, you're driving people to cheat because of it, because you, like you want every single advantage squeezed out of it, that it's not just, you know, other people, and I would include Czar and Volgi and probably Mandy on this. They're going to talk about the dynamic, the, the epic duel between the pitcher and the batter. Oh, well, wait a minute. If I've got a camera behind the, the pitcher and I'm tipping off the batter that he's dropping his elbow, so he's probably going to throw a curveball. Well, wait a minute. Then it's not this epic battle there. It's, who cheats I'm, I'm better, <laughs> right? And I'm completely assisting it, and I'm and I'm putting I'm tipping the scale. I'm putting my finger on the scale. Yeah, and it's I think I said it, and it was sort of half in jest, but I, I did mean it. Like when when you have the statistics on players such that you can literally people the shift now. It used to be a much more mild shift. It's like this player tends to hit to the left side, or this player tends to hit to the right side, right? Fine, we get it. You know, so you'd shift your shortstop. You know, might play near second base. 
now they're playing like on the other side of second base and there's just this huge hole and it's like why and I, and they, well the shortstop can play wherever it wants. yes and that's part of the problem with this game is it's like it's it's you've taken the art out of it it's like soccer for all its flaws is artful you know there's you can have statistics on a player who likes to go to his right he's left footed you know whatever but you're never going to get that there's too much space the ball is always in play you know it's not a it's not a more or less random event when you get a hit and it's just I do think that, that that heavy, heavy reliance has taken some of the wonder and the art out of the game. I mean, the guys are, for the most part, good athletes. I don't think they're as great. You know, they're really, really good. Their hand-eye coordination is exceptional. But, you know, they're not as fit, for the most part, as like hockey players, soccer, all-around fit. They're fit for a purpose. And I mean, a lot of baseball is standing around, you know, and, which is fine. You know, I get it. Yeah, picking your nose, picking dandelions. Not that they're dandelions, any of those fields. But I, the math part of it, the, the heavy reliance on math, and the, the, the math pushing out just playing the game, it just ruined it for me. But, but. And, and so I'll pull two threads on that. One, the math. I think you're starting to see that creep in more and more into the NFL. I think you're seeing a lot of coaches be driven by stat guys. Um, you know, they're going to 97% of the time they run on first down and they run off tackle. And so you can key up your defense on that and, and it's changing the game. And uh, I'm actually, I've watched the first two DC defenders games in the new XFL. And I think the various rule changes, particularly around the kicking and the extra points have changed the dynamic enough where it's more fun. Like it, it feels more almost like street ball uh, where you're out there to play the game. Yeah. You're not out there to, and, and I know like stop, right? Gort, this is a, this is a, a business enterprise. It's money involved and winning equals money for these teams and these organizations. Okay. I get that. But, from an enjoyment of the sport, I think it's kind of waning, uh, the NFL is. The other thread, uh, both Peter and I grew up playing lacrosse for our high school. And lacrosse at that era in the mid to late 80s, uh, you played with uh, 10 people on the field, right? A goalie, three Ds, three middies, three attack. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And your team was essentially built of lines or groups of those three, well, four groups of players. Mm -hmm. Goalies, attackmen, middies, and defensemen. Fast forward a number of years, and now you have uh, long stick middies and face-off specialists and uh, all sorts of weird things that you watch a lacrosse game now, a men's lacrosse game. They put a face-off specialist out there to win the face-off, and once the face-off is done, he immediately runs off the field. Yeah to be replaced by another player. And I just, I, I think you've lost kind of the purity of the sport when you're toying with it like that. Now, granted, it's well within the rules of lacrosse to do that. It, I, I think their substitution rule is awesome. It's much like hockey where it's on the fly, yeah. um, which is really cool, but it'll, it opens up the doors for this, and I, I don't care for it as much. You should so. be, you should be, I mean, you should be a very good at your position. 
and you should play that position period. If you have to face off, you face off. If you don't, if you know, it doesn't matter. It's just kind of like, you know, if you want your attackman to face off fine, but it should be, you know, you should have lines. You should have your first line, second line. They're like in hockey, you know, hockey, they're not changing generally. I mean, they'll switch up the lines, but it's not, you can't really do it as much as you can on lacrosse, but you know, women's lacrosse. One other topic that we haven't touched on are the national teams, particularly the U S national teams. And, uh, and in particular, the ongoing problem, uh, for lack of a better term, around the women's national team and pay equity slash pay equality, there is a difference, around those sports. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start by saying I've never been into the U.S. men's national team. I just could never get hooked by them. They never seemed, when I watched them play, they never have seemed as gelled as some of the European teams and South American teams. Um, and I don't know whether it's how they've assembled the team. And, and I think it's getting better. I think we're getting smarter around it. I'm hoping uh, as we enter a summer Olympics year, but the women's team I've always been intrigued with. And I have to admit to set up this conversation. I have two daughters, the middle one, two of three was an avid soccer player. She's, played since she was in kindergarten uh she was good she made it to she was invited to play on a travel team we didn't want that kind of that life we didn't want to lead the life of a travel sport family and neither did she um so it's not something that we foisted on her um but to watch the women's national team i think they play a crisp soccer and clean soccer that is beautiful to watch now you got to take out, and and this is I'm sure this is one of the areas that Peter's going to go. They're not playing men's soccer; they're playing women's soccer against other women. As we compare, you compare the women U.S. women's national team to the Canadians, the Chinese, the Japanese, right, French. You compare those; that's fine. And in that case, the U.S. women's team is awesome, as evidenced. Uh, they play a great and beautiful game. Um, they've been well coached. Uh, throughout the years um they're great athletes there's they're, they're phenomenal athletes there is no doubt about it and i have i have i shouldn't say i'm going to say this but I, as far as the game goes as far as them on the pitch i have the greatest respect for each of them as athletes i think that they are all great players every last one of them i mean i'm impressed by what they've accomplished i think it's good for women's sports i think you know i think it's they've earned the accolades they get it's not just by association it's not sort of like the wnba which is like oh here's a league for you because it's a pr stunt for us these are these are women that are playing a sport that in the u.s is not that popular it's getting there it's getting much much more popular but it's still nowhere near it's not even near hockey you know it's not it's it's just not but the, the women's you could take the best I, if you caught the women and they had to be honest I think Abby Wambach actually said it. She's like, I can't play with the men. You know, back when she was playing, you know, and she was, she was dominant, you know, when she played and she, and she's from Rochester. Um, she said, uh, yeah, I couldn't, somebody asked her a reporter and she's like, no, I can't play with those guys. She's like, yeah, I mean, I could, but I mean, it's, she's like, they kill me. It's like, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. They're just all of that stuff. And it's, it's like, it's a whole different game. And she's right. It's a whole different game. Same rules. I don't even know if it's the same ball size, probably, you know, I would assume so. Cause it's, you know, it's not that big a difference, but 
you know, same field size, same everything. It's not like women's lacrosse, which is another whole rant that I could get off on, which I'm not going to. Um, the, the women suing the soccer federation was kind, it kind of really, really pissed me off. And if you couple that with the needless politicization, politicization, politis whatever, politicking of the, uh, of particularly Ms. Rapinoe or Rapinoe, however you say it, um, it, it just turned, turned me off. The, here's a couple reasons I think the women are full of shit on this. Warning, Peter and incoming. First of all, it's TV revenue. They're not getting, you know, worldwide. You know, you can say, oh, well, you know, the women broke records and more women, more Americans watch. It's like, doesn't matter. It's the World Cup. Every TV outside, think of the Super Bowl, but like on steroids. Men's World Cup, when you get down, if, you're, if your country makes it, your country shuts down, just shuts down to watch the games. And that's, it's, I've seen it. I was in Italy, and this was for the European Cup in 2000, and it was Italy-France in the finals. And Italy was up 1-0, I think, and then France scored, and it was just silent. And then France scored, like, at the death like to, to win the game. And it was just, and I was in Rome. This was not a small city. And it, you could have, there was nobody on the streets. You could have heard crickets. You know, it was like, it's just, every place shuts down. It's, there's no equivalent to it in America. The Super Bowl isn't equivalent to it because people don't watch it. You know, they, everybody watches it kind of, but this, this is literally everybody in the country stops what they're doing and watches it. Like, it doesn't matter when it's on. It could be three in the morning and everybody in England's up watching the England team, England side play, or France, or what, whoever. It doesn't matter. It, there's no equivalent to it. And so the TV revenue from the men's World Cup is infinite compared to, compared to the women's. So you're talking about a much larger pool of money. So when the men make, you know, the women can say, well, we won the finals, da 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 da, da and they did. Good for them. But you're talking about a much smaller pool of money to divide up. So that's one thing. So the, the equivalent there. So I, my first beef is they're not equivalent to the men. They just can't play. The, the, our men's team is not 20th to 15th, probably somewhere in that range in the world teams. So that's the men's team. The women's probably ranked one or two, probably one. The men, U.S. men's team would crush the U.S. women's team. You put them on the pitch to play, and they would crush them. They, they, they lost to a high school team, I think. If you, it was a, It was a – exhibition match kind of but they still lost to a boys high school team it's just not the same quality of game blazing balls of fury do you need that little snack in the middle of the afternoon are your feet dragging as you post 237 gifts on twitter do you need a spicy kick in your belly to tie you over until happy hour have we got the treat for you blazing balls of fury a specialty on the plateau of lang these tasty morsels are just the right amount of fury to stem your afternoon ennui and a big enough kick to propel you until you can toss down a few at happy hour. Blazing balls of fury. Pewter endorsed. So remember, next time you're shuffling down the aisle of your local grocery store, look for the gray box with the Manicore album. Blazing balls of fury. So you've got that. You've got the revenue. You know, the revenue issue. And then the other thing that gets me is they're bitching about a contract that their stinking union negotiated. Their union negotiated the contract and they signed off on it. 
that they are bitching about. And if I were a judge, I'd just look at that and say, did you negotiate this contract? Do you have a union? Did you vote on the contract? You're screwed. Get out of my courtroom. I just, you know, I'd say motion for summary judgment granted. You're out. I don't care. It's not sexist. You negotiated a bad contract. Get better representation. You know, and, and the men's team, the men's players aren't salaried. They all play club sport, most of them, most of them, whether it's here in the MLS. But like, I always say this kid's name wrong, Pulisic, right? Isn't it? Plays for Chelsea, doesn't he? Yep. He's, he's a great, he's America's best player right now, men's player. He's phenomenal. And he plays for Chelsea. He's making bank. So he doesn't get paid by the national team. So he comes over and plays. He gets, I think they pay for, you know, they pay his upkeep, they pay his expenses, all that sort of stuff. But the women, they all get paid. They draw salaries and they're going, well, that's only fair because we don't make as much money as the men. And I'm going, not my problem. You negotiated this deal. You've got a salary. The men don't have it. You want equal pay? Give up your salary. Give up your salary. You can have the same percentage of the take. Negotiate a better contract. This is just whining and bitching. This doesn't have anything to do with them about them being discriminated against for being women. It has to do about it's not as it's not the competitive nature of sport that men's is people aren't paying to watch the sport or to put advertisements during the women's world cup as much as they are for the men's world cup worldwide it doesn't have nearly the draws men's soccer i mean you're talking it's, it's just not comparable and you're never going to get a comparable deal you, un, until they start playing until they're good enough to play in the men's world cup I don't really want to hear much about it. Now, literally, if, the, if I'm fully on their side, if it turns out that the U.S. Soccer Federation, which I can't imagine they did, just said, ah, fuck them, they're women. We're just going to screw them. And we're going to give them this contract. And they're going to get screwed out of it because they're women. The women are bad. And they got all that on tape. I'd be like, fine, great. But they don't have that. They just negotiated a bad deal. So the, the money's not there. The, the, they negotiated a bad contract. They're great athletes. There's no doubt about it. And God damn it, athletes, keep your fucking mouth shut. I don't care what your political views are. I don't care. Play the game. Just play the game. You know, I, I, speak on your own time. I don't want to listen to you. I don't care. ESPN's a fucking joke. I hate ESPN because it's a bunch of people. It's like, it's like they, they looked at MSNBC and Fox and said, that's a great idea. Let's politicize the fuck out of our network. Go! People like, you know, Joe Sixpack is sitting at home going, I just want to know what's going on in NASCAR. You know, and they're talking about, well, there's not enough black drivers and women drivers and, you know, intersexual politics. And I'm going, I don't want to hear about this. I just want to know about NASCAR. You know, I, that's all I want to do. I mean, just keep politics out of it. Part of the problem is half the women's team seems to be either lesbian or from Portland. So, or, which I think might be the same thing. I have no idea anymore. I'm just that old. So I don't care. So it's, you know, they're, they're from Seattle and Portland. They all live out there. God, God bless them. But I don't want to hear about it. I don't care. I get it. You know, everybody was pissed off. Not everybody, but people were pissed off about Rapinoe kissing her wife. Or I think, I think Abby Wambach was the first to do that. And I was like, I don't care. I was like, I don't care. I just don't want to hear about it. It's like, I don't care that she, I, I, I saw it happen. They're married. God bless them. Have at, you know, I, if, if I were a professional athlete and I, I'd run over and kiss Mrs. P, but you know, so I expect the same thing from them because they're friggin' human beings, but I don't want to hear about who you're banging. 
I just don't want to hear about it. And I don't want to hear like, what a great victory. I was like, don't care. Keep your politics out of my sports. So, so the politics, the money, the thing, I think the women have done themselves a great disservice, honestly, because I think they're a great story. And I think up until this very political crop of women, they have been a phenomenal success story. And there's nothing wrong with pushing for benefits that you think you deserve. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. If they want to cut a better deal, cut a better deal. Push it. You can talk about it. You say, look, we're not happy with the deal we have. And that's great. And they kind of did that. And then they said, fuck it, we're going to sue them. And I'm like, uh, I was like, here we go again, into the culture war. So that's my sort of three-hour rant on why I hate the women's soccer team at the, at the moment off the pitch. And this is why we took a break before this segment so that we could rest up and get ready for it. Uh, maybe to throw in a few data points. So I agree with how Peter's describing it. it. It does come down to the contract. And, oh, by the way, the men and women have negotiated different contract structures in how they get paid. Um, and Peter uh, went through that, so I'm not going to repeat it. Um, to put some numbers to it, the prize money, right, the pool of money available to women's World Cup teams to then divide up to their players, which I hope, again, back to Peter's point about the U.S. Soccer Federation, they did the right job. Uh, the, the women's World Cup pool, pool was $30 million in 2019. Okay, $30 million. Um, in 2018, so the year before, and these numbers are not adjusted for inflation, the men's World Cup pool was 400 million so more than 10 times the amount and that's just the prize pool and that's absolutely that's just the prize pool that's no endorsements that's no tv um i mean well it includes tv revenue but but it's not any sort of specific sponsorship that your team could get um and then uh you wrap in i think forbes did an analysis of this uh, about a year ago when the first or two years ago when the the start of this lawsuit was was blossoming, they did an analysis and when they looked at the whole package again back to pewter 's point about salaries and people who aren 't paid versus people who are salaried and prize pool and all that, it turns out that I think in twenty eighteen or nineteen the women were actually getting paid more net in the, at the end of the deal if you include all the money that was, that was made available, right? Salaries and everything else. Yeah. I, th- I think that's accurate. That was my recollection. I mean, I think they were actually getting a bigger, I forget, maybe they weren't, I don't want to say this cause I might be wrong, but I think they might've been getting a bigger chunk of the overall prize pool, at least at the club level. They get a higher percentage of the yeah. prize pool. I think women's team were getting 12 or 13% of the prize pool and the men's were down between eight and 10%. So less money because you're starting with less money, but higher percentage. Correct. Correct. And so, I don't know. I mean, it's and, just, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and look, uh, the, the real problem is um, if they want to affect change, the change they need to make is with FIFA and getting a better promotion of that sport and getting the viewership up and the TV revenue up, right? Get that $30 million up to like 300 million. And now it's not going to be an argument at all. And, and these women are amazing and they're inspiring young women around the world to play soccer and to get involved in this sport. They're driving it. So don't 
don't distract with this stupid stuff. Play smart, right? Yeah. Show them what it what an awesome sport this is, and show them that this is where women can go. If you're interested in being a professional athlete, you could end up on the women's national team playing for Olympic gold medals and and World Cup wins. And there, you know, the, the, when you know Alex Morgan was playing, you know that that was like the classy era. I mean, and the women have always been classier than the men. Honest to God, their their team. You never hear stuff about him, except for Hope Solo was beating the snot out of her family and whoever she was loving on that night. Um, she has a mean punch too. The but it's for the most part the women are just much better representatives overall for our country in general. I don't like as I noted before, and I'm not going to beat the dead horse, but the politicate the politicking that goes on i'm gonna have to learn how to say that word before the next podcast but the politicking that goes on is um off-putting and it does women's sports a disservice and i fully agree gore that it's important that women continue to ascend and to to gain a greater recognition for their achievements um, on the field and off the field, in the boardroom, wherever they choose to work. You know, I, I think, you know, and I think America is getting a lot better at that. And we're not perfect. We're never going to be perfect. So don't yell at me. I'm a white man. I know that da, 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 da. I can recite the litany of sins that everybody's going to say about white men. But I do think America is a place where women are better off than they are nearly anywhere else in the world. I think they're, for the most part, treated with um, respect uh, to the extent they are not. There are plenty of people nowadays who will, men, women, whoever, who won't put up with that crap anymore. And women shouldn't have ever had to put up with it. Uh, but I think that seeing strong female role models like the U.S. women's soccer team is good for our country. It's good for to remind men that there are strong, powerful women. Um, who are doing great things that are better at in this area and many other areas than they are. Um, and it's important for the girls coming behind them. And they know that. And they've said, said as much. Um, but so don't, don't throw away your goodwill on, in my opinion, fights you can't win that are stupid fights on salary. On, on money and on politics. Just don't waste your goodwill. Don't, it's Michael Jordan, probably not a conservative, but he never says anything. You know, and somebody asked him, why won't you come out and say, you know, da, 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 about Reagan or Bush or whoever, the first Bush. And he said, conservatives buy sneakers too. And that's what the women need to remember, in my opinion. Yep. Well said. Well, looking at the clock, I think we should probably wrap this up. Uh, I'm going to have to trim it down and edit it up, but I think a lot of good material in this on soccer, uh, the the problems with baseball, uh, and even a little politicization. No. I don't know. <laughs> Politicking. There you go. Yep. But Any no, closing thoughts? Um, no, I, I think that I've, en I've enjoyed it, as I always do. Um, I won't listen to this because I hate the sound of my voice. Uh, leave in all the cuss words. And, you know, I look forward to doing another one of these. And if, you know, you people want to hear a topic, you know, if you care about what we think about anything, you want to hear us talk about something, just let us know. You know, we might do it. We might not. You know, 
you can tweet at us. We'll try to, but you know, hashtag, I think Gort's got the hashtag. So if you want to do it, I don't know, what's Gormagon's podcast or? Ask the Gormos. Ask the Gormos. There's your hashtag. Ask the question in the box. So in, in, in conclusion, we love you all. Continue to listen. And if you're really nice, you might just get to meet us in person. Oh, I don't believe this. All right. And with that, we're out. Pitch Perfect is like all I watch. It's a great movie. It is. Dumb dad. Stupid dad.